0: All right, coming up, we're going to have the guy who just won the Bianchi Cup. Now, this is an exceedingly difficult firearms competition. Bruce Pyatt's going to be with us. He's a law enforcement officer. He's a competitive shooter, and he's a lot of fun. Stand by for more Gun Talk.
1: gresham's gun talk in support of homeland security's new definition of a terrorist presents this trap a terrorist tip tip number two homeland security has determined that veterans have special training that might make them dangerous plus they often vote the wrong way so if you see a veteran even if he is in your own family report him to homeland security do not attempt to apprehend him yourself
0: Well, welcome again. I'm so glad you could be with us. I'm Tom Gresham. It's Gun Talk. We're having some fun talking about guns today, and if you'd like to join us, just pick up the phone and call us. It's 866-825-5486, or just dial 1, Tom Talk Guns. Now, you remember last week when we had uh, Cassie on, the uh, young lady at the University of Louisiana at Monroe, who was trying to get... Uh, a student organization formed there for the students for Conceal Carry on Campus. This is a national group. And she was running into nothing but roadblocks and uh, just a lot of problems. And then when she went and uh, testified before the state legislature, the vice president of student affairs, who wouldn't talk to her, wouldn't okay the permit, all of a sudden calls her in and says, You're going to have to come appear before the judicial. Whatever it was, judicial advisory board, and failure to do so will be a violation of the student conduct code. So once she went public, they called her in, put her on the carpet, gonna grill her. Yeah, right. Well, it's happened again at uh, the community college of Allegheny County in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Student there, uh, Christine Brashier, same deal exactly. It said that the dean told her that she was breaking the law for trying to start a campus chapter of students for concealed carry on campus. said that um, Yvonne Burns, the dean of student development at the school's Allegheny campus, now this is a a story in the Tribune Review that I'm reading, Um, said that Yvonne Burns, the dean of student development at the school's Allegheny campus, told her that she was not allowed to distribute flyers about students for concealed carry on campus. Quote, she literally said, You may want to discuss this topic, but the college does not, and you cannot make us, Brashear said. She said, I was breaking the law by soliciting on campus, and I was trying to sell the idea of an organization. All right, she's just trying to form a student organization. Come on. Uh, So here we go again. Once again, a university is blocking First Amendment rights. You you could form a group to talk about whatever, uh, gay rights, uh, abortion, about... Anything you want to do, except when it comes to the Second Amendment. And then, no, we're not going to let you have a student organization on campus to talk about the Second Amendment and conceal carry on campus. Just talk about it, not carry guns, just talk. We're not going to let you talk. We're not going to let you form uh, together a group. We're not going to let you assemble, peaceably assemble, because we're the university and we can do that. Except that every time it goes public, every time they shine the light public scrutiny on it these college administrators scurry like cockroaches running for cover watch it happen again guarantee you watch it happen again i guarantee it's going to uh let me get paul in here on line one before we get our guest in milton florida hey paul how are you
2: good thanks tom the the whole idea of Still talking about the Second Amendment after 200 years or whatever it is just makes me sick. That should have been put to bed 199 years ago.
0: Hey, we're working on it. We had the Heller uh, decision last last year, almost a year now in uh, the Supreme Court, and of course we've had some lower court decisions, and we're going to have. You know, it's going to go back to the Supreme Court for. About the well, issue of incorporation. A, a lot of stuff going on. It's it's moving our way, but we are having to fight tooth and nail at every turn.
2: It's sad. Let me, two things. First, personally, I've mellowed a lot since I started carrying regularly. I used to have a big mouth sometimes when I shouldn't have, but I've decided that's not a good idea when I have a gun, and maybe the other guy does too. It I is said, interesting.
0: Don't don't you find that it, it and I, can't tell you how many times I've had people tell me yeah, I've changed my attitude when I got my permit, I got some training, I started carrying a gun. I don't uh, react the way I used to. I just kind of back off and go, well, that's fine, sir just w- whatever it is, but like you say, people who have a big mouth, people who had a short fuse doesn't happen you know just having the permit, carrying the gun changes your behavior.
2: Let me ask you to comment on this. Uh, I saw in the news is a shooting in New York recently. One policeman shot another in plain clothes. You're always telling us, which I now believe, that if you're carrying a gun, you're not a policeman. Mind your business unless it really you can't do anything else. And I think that points out a, a, a case where. Yeah. Where had I carried a gun and decided I was going to get that bad guy? I would have been shooting the cop instead of another cop shooting the cop.
0: What or, or if you had been chasing the bad guy with a gun, then the police officers roll up, and you know logically they they got to call a guy with a gun. Now there's a shooting, and they see you running down the street with a gun. It happens more frequently than it should. And in this case, we had a, an undercover, or at least an off-duty officer, who got shot by other officers. And that's why we're always telling you: don't insert yourself into situations. You don't know what's going on. You don't know the ram. You don't know if police have already been called, and the first person they're going to see when they roll up is you with a gun. You don't know. Let them work that out. Be a good witness. Now, clearly, if you see somebody, it's like in my case. I say, all right, what are you going to do? If I see somebody who has just uh, shot a police officer, and he's walking up to give him the, the coup de grace. He's going to shoot him on the ground. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get involved. You know, if I see somebody who goes into school and starts shooting, yeah, and I look, and I understand there's a real good chance if I insert myself in that situation, it could go very badly for me, and I may not come out of it. But I don't think I can stand there and not do anything. Um, but, yeah, you know, there, there's your point. Tell you what, let me do this. Uh, uh, Paul, listen, thank you for your call. I want to bring our guest in here who has an awful lot of background on this kind of stuff, Bruce Pyatt, of course, competitive shooter par excellence who just won the Bianchi Cup. Hey, Bruce, how you doing?
3: Good, Tom, and you?
0: I'm doing real well. Congratulations. That is an amazing feat. That is a tough competition you just won.
3: Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. It is a little, a little tough.
0: You, um, we'll get back to that in a second, but just kind of piggybacking off of Paul's call, you are, of course, a veteran police officer. Lots of training, lots of, you know, SWAT and everything else. Really good firearms uh handler, instructor, shooter. This thing in New York, because you're in New Jersey, I'm sure you got the the news on on that. Is oh, yeah. this yet another example for a lot of us of how things can go? You think you're in control and you're not? You better have gotten as much training as you can?
3: Absolutely and things happen way too fast for us to, to to be on top of it all the time uh, you you like you said to the caller uh, you don't know what's happening um, don't assume that everybody knows you're the good guy you just you just never know
0: well you know even in this case I mean the the good guy who got shot was a police officer right and, and that you know and I know you know that's not terribly unusual I mean it's it's not Common, but it happens enough to where we know of stories about like like that.
3: That's right. Whether they're off duty or 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 plain clothes, right? uh, It's a difficult thing. You you know you kind of think, well, I'm a I'm a cop. I'm going to go do my job. However, not everybody's seeing it that way.
0: Exactly. So it's um, and I just tell people. And at first, I didn't get it because I would you know I'd talk to people like you and talk to people like Clint Smith and all, and they'd say, do not insert yourself you're not a cop yes you have training yes you have a gun yes you're a pretty good shot that's not the issue here at all No. no. you know it's uh, i I like the example that clint gave he says you know you see uh, two big biker dudes and they've got this little old lady and they're dragging her out of the house onto the street and you jump out and you know pull your gun out and one of them pulls a badge out and says we're dea and you're under arrest yeah, you know, they're in the, the process of making an arrest. You don't know what's... To your point, you don't know what's going on. Right, right. So tell me about the Bianchi Cup. Well... How, well, I guess what you ought to do is tell people what it is to start off with. What's involved with the Bianchi
3: Cup? First of all, this is the 30th... This was the 30th anniversary of the Bianchi Cup. It was formed by John Bianchi from Bianchi Holster Company at the mm-hmm. time uh, as another training tool. And he picked events and... Um, uh, designed courses of fire that were somewhat police-related. Uh, however, he did take from um, other shooting disciplines. There's four different events. Um, you shoot the practical event, which is two targets, um, and you start at uh, 10 yards, and you work your way back 10, 15, 25, and 50 yards. Um, all, all starts are with the gun holstered. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some tight time limits. Uh, from the practical event, you shoot uh, one on each in three seconds, two on each in four seconds, and then you go back uh, at ten yards, you go three on each, weak hand only. Um, you draw your gun with your strong hand, you transfer it over to your weak hand, and you mm-hmm. shoot it that way. And you move your way back like that, it all turns into freestyle. We've come to the point where actually we go down prone to get as much accuracy as we can. Um, that's the practical event. Then... <laughs> The uh, barricade event, you're actually, this is this is directly from police training at that time. You're standing behind a wall and you engage the target. There's a target on each side, uh, 10, 15, 25, and 35 yards. You come around the side, when the start signal goes, you engage the target with six rounds from each side, um, two separate starts, but six shots all the way back. So you're using cover. Um, the Next event is the uh, falling plate event. Eight-inch steel plates, again, 10, 15, 20, and 25 yards. Mm -hmm. Um, Six, seven, eight, and nine seconds, knock them down. That's what what it's about. It's simple, Uh, but it's hard. Yes, it is, especially when you're there at the event. Yeah. The final event is the moving target event. Uh, The target comes out from behind a wall and travels 60 feet in 6 seconds. So it's 10 feet per second.
4: It's really moving.
3: It is. And you're at 10, 15, 20, and 25 yards. And it's come down to the point where the top shooters are, all we're shooting for is the X count in the center, the very tiebreaker, 4-inch center of the target.
0: Everybody's gotten that good now. Yeah. You're all going to hit the target. It's now a case of who gets the center of the X-ring.
3: Well, the top shooters, yeah. We're we're fighting for X count. Yeah. We Every year, for the past, I think it was almost 10 years, somebody has always had a 1920 uh, or a perfect score, we call it.
4: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: all the shots went into an 8-inch circle, which is the, the uh, perfect score. However, the ties have been broken by who has the most X count, the 4-inch circle. In the <laughs> Last Amazing
0: year stuff, man. Hey, Bruce, can I get you to hold on just a second? Sure can. All right. We're talking with Bruce Pyatt. He uh, just won the Bianchi Cup. Uh, Even his description doesn't do justice for it. This thing is hard. But, you know, he's right. These shooters have gotten to be that good. Got a question about that? Or you got a question for Bruce? 866-TALK-GUNS. I'm Tom Gresham. This is Gun Talk.
5: When you finally know what you want in a 1911, it's time to step out to a Springfield Armory custom-loaded 1911A1. These babies come with the works. Starting with the time-proven 1911, these pistols include many of the high-end features that make Springfield the 1911 of choice for the country's most demanding users, like the FBI's elite SWAT teams and hostage rescue team. Features include Novak low-mount tritium sights, beaver tail grip safety, titanium firing pin adjustable speed trigger, ILS integral locking system, loaded chamber indicator, and much more. Of course, every custom-loaded 1911 comes with the exclusive Springfield Armory Limited lifetime warranty with springfield armory you can have it your way pick a full-size mid-size or micro compact custom loaded springfield from the extensive list of models calibers and options call 1-800-680-6866 or visit springfieldarmory.com
6: someone once compared sporting plays
7: playing golf with a shotgun when was the last time golf was this exciting Every station offers a different challenge, but they all have one thing in common. The action is fast, and you have to earn every broken target. Not what you expected? Then give shooting a try. Find out how, where
3: to get started, and much more at huntandshoot.org.
6: Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw .45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces. The polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact .45. And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com. Your AR 15 should be a sound investment, and Stag Arms has you covered. Made from forged aircraft quality aluminum, Stag is one of the most durable and dependable rifles in the world. Makers of the only true left handed carbine, Stag Arms has been tested and battle proven by elite SWAT teams. Every component is made in the USA, so you get the highest quality, whether left or right handed. Each Stag Arms rifle carries a lifetime warranty, too. Call 860 229 9994 or go online at stagarms.com.
0: All right, your chance to talk with a real champion shooter, not me. I don't even play one on TV. I don't even pretend there. Bruce Pyatt really is a champion shooter, uh, just won the Bianchi Cup. Of course, uh, also long-time experienced law enforcement officer. Uh, Bruce, you're describing these stages that the Bianchi Cup is really difficult uh, you have to practice a lot for that. I know your sponsors are important, and let's make sure that you get a chance to talk up, you know, at least mention your sponsors and get all those in, because that's the only way that you're able to get out there and do this thing.
3: Yeah, I'm out to about uh, 10 matches a year, and, and Bianchi is, is not my only match. I have a lot of different disciplines I shoot in. I shoot a lot of three gun, um, sportsman's team challenge, things like that. Mm-hmm. Caspian Arms, is, I've been with them for over 20 years. Um, my first sponsor and my main sponsor, um, DPMS Rifles, helped me out. Sunbuster glasses, uh, Remington Arms, Sierra bullets, Starline brass, and uh, just this year I signed on with uh, Burris Optics, and okay. uh, that's been helping me out a lot. Um, especially, <laughs> I have a story about this. The B&B yeah? Cup. Yeah. At the at the last minute, um, for about four or five years, I've been trying to get Caspian to make a Bianchi shroud, which is a, a pretty much a scope mount that's long, that we use at the Bianchi Cup, so that we can um, hold on to the barricade uh, without causing malfunctions. In the right. Way. So they finally um, made them for me, and with um, they're available and uh, they came about about a month ago. So and then I signed up with Bur- Burris Optics, so I had to and we. Uh, the guns are pretty tricked out for open division at the right. Cup. We can actually aim at the center of the target, on the moving target, and um, and still hit center, even though you have to lead it just like a shotgun target, if you follow what I'm saying. So
0: you've got the lead built in to the way you've got it sighted in.
3: Correct. Okay. And normally, you, you either do that by having a, a scope that you can adjust the windage mm-hmm. or a, a moving system mount mount. Um, I have one made by Warren Moore at protocol design
4: Th-
0: this is this is high-tech stuff man
3: oh yeah yep yeah. so at the last minute I got the shrouds at the last minute I got the buroscopes and at the last minute I got the the wings I sent uh, or the uh, the base the last minute I packaged up everything sent it down to George Smith down at EGW he mounted it up for me sends them back I go to put the new shrouds on my standard Bianchi guns that I've been shooting for years and they don't fit <laughs>
4: the,
3: when the guns were built the, the whole pattern that they drilled in the scope mm-hmm. or on the uh, frames were not exactly correct so oh my god what am I going to do it's two days before I have to leave so, <laughs> so I dig through my safe I find the old Bianchi gun I built in 99 um, I hadn't shot it in a while so I said I don't have much choice here I put it all together Got it to the range and it shot good.
0: So, so you you won the national championship, the Bianchi Cup, with this old gun you pulled out of your safe. Yep.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the gun was built for Bianchi, but however, I just never used it. Um, oh man. For some reason, I didn't. I didn't put a lot of rounds to it. I actually turned it into like a shoot-off gun or just a, a plinking gun for a while. But um, it shoots you, good. Shooter-ish. You had to be.
0: Pull, you had to be pulling your hair out.
3: I was but i I didn't have a choice, so that kind of you know made up my mind I didn't have any no there was no choice Tom so I had
0: to go you, you got to go you, you're going to shoot the match and you're going to get whatever you get that's right yeah, there you go. By the way, we just had uh, last hour we had Randy luth on here, uh, so we had a bunch of fun with him uh, from DPMS. and and, uh, okay. and I got to tell people that uh, the sunbuster glasses, if you've seen me on uh, personal defense TV those are the shooting glasses I wear there. I had the uh, prescription. Option done on those, and uh, I like those glasses.
3: I'm in the same boat. I've been wearing prescription for years, and uh, uh, the Sunbuster glasses, um, and I've tried them all. Uh, Sun Buster glasses fit me the best, uh, especially with the prescription insert.
0: Also, I like Steve. I just you know what? I like dealing with companies that have nice people.
4: Absolutely, so I'm with you.
0: There you go. You yeah, simple as that. Uh, can you take a couple of questions with us from from sure. callers? Okay. Absolutely. Let's see here. Oh, this would be great. Line one, Joe is in Kansas City, Missouri. All right, Joe, you're on.
7: Hey, Tom, thanks for taking my call. Sure. I uh I have a Colt uh Series 7 uh nineteen eleven and the trigger is just not not what it what I'd like. Uh, okay. would you recommend a trigger job or get parts uh order a trigger or, or what?
0: Well what do you before before I answer, before we try to tackle this, I guess the question is how good are you at taking guns apart and working on them, and do you have any experience working on triggers?
6: No. All
0: right. If you don't have any experience, and I'm going to leave this for uh, Bruce. Bruce has got a Series 70, 1911. He wants to. He's got a crummy trigger. Um, what's the best way to go? Uh, replace parts himself, or send it off to somebody?
3: Well, I, I, to be the, on the safe side, I would. I would think you would want to send that out to a, a qualified gunsmith. Yeah. Uh, the last thing you want is any kind of accidental discharges, and uh, you start playing with just dropping hammers mm-hmm. and sears and springs into a gun. Unless you know what you're doing, uh, you could have an accident. So you're you're better off sending it off to a, a competent gunsmith.
0: Absolutely. And it and the other thing is, and I can tell you from experience, it'll be the best money you ever spent. You get a good pistol smith. Now find a good pistol smith. Somebody that's good at this. When it comes back, you won't believe it, and it'll turn a, a gun that you didn't care much about in, into a gun that you just love, won't it, Bruce? Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, triggers are uh, triggers are important for me.
0: Yeah, well, they really are, and once you get used to shooting good triggers, you can't go back to, to regular old triggers, and you, just, you can't do that anymore. Hey, Bruce, could you stay with us for a few more minutes? Sure can. Okay, we'll do that. We're talking with Bruce Pyatt, who just won the Bianchi Cup. Um, really, I mean, you can't believe how tough this is. And the fact that they're all shooting as well as they are tells you where the level of competition is these days. It's pretty phenomenal. If you got a question about shooting pistols or about law enforcement, we'll tackle that one too. Eight six six talk guns. This is gun talk.
1: Gresham's Gun Talk, in support of Homeland Security's new definition of a terrorist, presents this Trap a Terrorist tip. Tip number three, terrorists often do photo reconnaissance. So if you see someone with a camera, notify Homeland Security.
0: All right, welcome back. We're talking with Bruce Pyatt, who just won the Bianchi Cup. Uh, Bruce, I was just looking at your website, BrucePyatt.com. And for those who are wondering, it's P-I-A-T-T com. You got a really cool deal here. You have uh, Bruce Pyatt's Top 10 Shooting Tips. Lots of information right here.
3: Yeah, that was something I did for uh, Sunbuster. Um, we ha- were handing them out at the shot show one year and uh, got the idea to put it up on the website and share it.
0: Then you got a- an article, Three Gun Equipment on a Budget, and uh, let's see, the Turn and Draw in Detail. you got some really good instructional pieces here on your website.
4: Thank you. I, I
3: did those a few years ago and, like I said, thought I'd. Just share them with the public.
0: Well, you know, you learned that stuff the hard way. You had to work your way through the system, so it's nice of you to share it with us. I've
3: been doing this a long time, putting a lot of a lot of rounds down. <laughs> a lot of
0: rounds down range. There yeah. you go. Yeah. How long have you been a police officer?
3: Uh, I'm done with 22 years. I'm working on my 23rd.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. I guarantee you. Yeah. So where are you off to next?
3: Oh, Next week I'm off to um, Fayette, Missouri. Mm -hmm. for the FN Midwest Three-Gun Championship, come home for two days, and then I'm off to San Antonio, Texas for the Sportsman's Team Challenge.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Pretty busy.
0: By the way, if you get a chance, you may have already heard this story, and we sure can't tell it on the air because it would take too long, but Randy Luth was telling me about his uh, recent trip with uh, Jimmy Clark, flying him and his Bonanza and you know, all that stuff. Have you heard that story?
4: Yes, I have.
0: Oh, my gosh.
4: Yeah.
0: That yep. was uh, an adventure and a half. And of course, me being a pilot as well, and I mean, I'm thinking, oh, baby, oh, baby. Time to get that, that airplane. Uh... Well, we won't talk about Jimmy's airplane. That's like talking about somebody's hunting dog, you know. All right. <laughs> Listen, Bruce, I appreciate you. are welcome here any time, okay?
3: Well, thank you, Tom. Listen, before, before the break, you mentioned that it, uh, the Bianchi Cup is... Um, We're shooting really good, and we have all the top-notch equipment. I just wanted to let the public know that you can come there with any gun you have. They have a production uh, division and a Ah. metallic sight division. So if you want to compete either at the National Championship or there are regionals around the country, um, whatever gun you have, there's a place for you to come and shoot and have some fun.
0: And you'll be right there with uh, the Bruce Pyatt's and Doug Koenig's and Jerry Michalik's and Jim Clark's and all the rest of these top shooters right there.
3: Yep, we get out there and uh, get the regionals
0: also. So. There you go. I appreciate you adding that, Bruce. Listen, you take care, my friend.
3: Thanks, Tom. Take care oh, now.
0: All righty, you too. Let's do this. We'll take a couple of calls before we have to run to our next break. I appreciate uh, everybody who's on hold and, and your patience. Uh, let's see, Brian. Let's see. No, oh, I, I tell you what, let's do this. Okay, line one, Kurt is in Lebanon, Ohio. Hey, Kurt.
2: Hey, how you doing? Good. I've got a question for you. Uh, sure. I've been listening to you for a while now on podcasts because we don't get you in Lebanon. But, uh, you keep talking about gun, gun schools, mm-hmm. little tactical tactics and that. Right. Both one, the close one to me is, uh, TDIR, I think it's Tactical Defensive Institute here in Ohio. Right. Do you know anything about them?
0: I do not. I'm looking just. Uh, I'm looking at their website right now, which is tdiohio.com. I don't know anything about them, uh, but it looks like it's the kind of training that you could probably get something out of.
3: Okay.
0: You know, I just I, I, any, look. Any training is good uh, as long as the trainers are safe. And I'm. And one thing I, I got to throw this out because we we've had uh, an instance recently of a concealed carry instructor actually shot and killed a student. And every student has not not only the right but the responsibility to speak up. If an instructor is doing something that you feel is dangerous, you can either speak up or you can leave. And that's in every class, no matter who it is. And if the instructor is sharp and responsible, he or she will either explain why they're doing it and why it's okay... Or we'll say, I appreciate that. You know, if I let my muzzle drift over there, thanks very much. Uh, they won't get upset about it. If somebody gets upset about it, it's probably time to leave. So just let me just throw that out. It just, it was in my head. It has nothing to do with TDI. It was just something I, I needed to get off my chest. Okay, thanks. All righty, us I appreciate that. Uh, our number again is eight six six Talk Guns. Eight six six Talk Guns. To quick break here, and we will get them lined up. We're open lines at this point, so if you want to join us and you want to talk about guns, you're in the right place.
5: What's that? It's my Trijicon. What's a Trijicon? Only the best rifle scope in the world. <laughs> Says who? Uh, how about the U.S. Marine Corps, Special Forces, Navy SEALs? You heard of these guys? Sure. Well, they're all using Trijicons. Let me see it. Wow, this is really sharp. And a lot of professional hunters are using Trijicon, too. You probably caught it on some TV and radio shows. Yeah, I have heard some of them swear by their Trijicon. I swear by it. You know, I could have been a Navy SEAL. Well, the closest you're going to get now is
6: buying a Trijicon. Hey, Trijicon is the brand of rifle scopes that more and more hunters are swearing by. That's because every Trijicon is handcrafted using the finest optic materials. The bright aiming point can guarantee you a great hunt from dawn to dusk. Get your Trigicon at a dealer near you, or visit them on the web at trigicon.com. That's T-R-I-J-I-C-O-N dot com. Trijicon. Brilliant aiming solutions. You want the
1: newest rifle innovations, and that's what the Smith & Wesson Eyebolt Rifle delivers. From the match-grade barrel to the one-piece weaver scope mount, this gun defines the next generation of rifles. Your iBolt rifle includes patented features such as the easy turn bolt release, true set trigger, so you can set it the way you want it, recoil reduction chamber, x stock design, its stronger, lighter, and flush sling mounts. Get the details on the iBolt rifle from Smith & Wesson. Visit smith-wesson.com.
6: Hey,
5: want to get that huge Brownells catalog for free? Now you can get this source for parts, cleaning products, gunsmith supplies, and tools for just a phone call. Brownells is famous for selection, service, and satisfaction. Tell them you heard about it on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk, and they'll send it to you for free. Call 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. 1-800-741-0015. The Brownells catalog for free. 1-800-741-0015 one 800
6: Taurus Millennium Pistols feature lightweight, ease of use, and reliability. Now add raw 45 caliber power to that with the incredible PT-145, a subcompact auto with a full 10-round magazine. The PT-145 has a manual safety, the Taurus security system, and a great price. Only 23 ounces. The polymer frame, double action, only PT-145 is the best value in a compact 45, And you can get it with night sights. Check out the PT-145 at TAURUSUSA.com.
0: Hey, welcome back to Gun Talk, -TALK 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Let's go to uh, line two. Mike's with us. Hello, Mike. You're on Gun Talk.
4: Hi. Thank you for
8: taking my call. Sure. I recently acquired an SKS vintage model, Mm -hmm. and it came with a 30-round clip, which was pretty well trashed, and I bought another clip for it. Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to get the clip inserted into it just to see if it'll clear, and the bolt does not want to... Go all the way back into the firing position.
0: Uh, Is that the only? What magazine? Was that the only magazine you have for it?
8: Yes, I just picked up one to see if I could get one that would work in it. It's a twenty-round clip on this one.
0: Mm -hmm.
8: I did not need a thirty-round clip.
0: Okay. Well, without you know, the way I troubleshoot magazines is to try different ones. Now, find because it is extremely common to have magazine problems. I mean, that's if I've got a problem with a gun, a failure to feed or a failure to work, generally speaking, I can trace it back to the magazine. So if I don't have a second or a third or a fourth or a fifth magazine to stick in there, then it's hard to figure the variable of what's going on. Right. right. Uh, Well,
8: I did do a, a little bit of ad hoc adjustment to it. There's a couple of ears that flange up towards and towards the receiver, mm-hmm. and as I gently tap them down a little bit, the bolt does go further and further towards the firing position,
4: mm-hmm. although
8: not quite. And I got to the point where I said, look, maybe I should ask someone. I was listening to you on the radio and I uh, enjoy your show. So I thought, why not give him a call before I start getting out the heavy ball-peen hammers?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, before you do that, I would get another magazine. Do you, have some, do you know somebody who's got an SKS that you could borrow a mag from?
8: No, but I should probably go get another magazine. I'd anyway.
0: go Buy another mag and try that one. If it does the same thing with two mags, I think we may start to figure out it may be a, an issue with the rifle and not with the magazine.
8: That's a good idea. And while we're on the subject, just uh, can you recommend an online source somewhere I might be able to go to get more information about these SKSs? I know what year this was manufactured, and I can probably figure out from the markings on it who made it and such like that, but, for example, how to uh, do routine maintenance and things
0: like that. Sure. I mean, of course, all you have to do is you know do a Google search for SKS rifle. But interestingly enough, one of the places you can go, and it's not going to sound like it is, but is AR15.com, which is a huge resource. I mean, a gazillion people there. It's a little rough and tumble, so uh, don't get your feelings hurt around there. But AR15.com has lots of people who shoot... Lots of different kind of guns. You can get a ton of information about that.
8: Right. All right. Well, thank you very much.
0: All right. Appreciate the call, sir. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. I can't. Let's do line three. Al is with us. Hello, Al. Thank you for your patience.
9: Good afternoon. Yes, sir. I don't mind waiting. All righty. Question for you. Okay. Eeltech tech holographic weapon sights. Uh-huh. I'm looking at a Model 557 to put on an AR fifteen.
0: I don't know the number. What is the five five seven?
9: Well the five five seven it's uh it has a it has a stack reticle, aiming dots calibrated for two two three military ammo at three, four, five, and six hundred yards. Okay. Six hundred meters. Uh is that a pretty good operation or you think Yeah that's...
0: Eotech makes good stuff. No doubt. Um, well what about
9: are... putting that Eotech on there and then the uh let's see, what do they call the other one? The holographic well no the three power magnifier behind it. Or
0: in front of it. At a certain point, you got to figure out what am I doing here? Uh, am I just having fun adding doodads? Well, and if that's the goal, then add away. Have a good time. If you're thinking, I want, well, let me go back. Here's where I am with this. I'm going to simple. Simple is what I'm all about. I do not want to have to add something on to magnify a site. If I want a zero magnification red dot site, that's what I'm going to put on. Yeah. and if i need a magnifier i'm going to put that on but and look i've seen the rigs where you've got you know you can put a magnifying thing it hooks on behind the regular scope and i guess if i were going to war and i had to be ready for everything you know and like our guys do then that might make sense i for the life of me i cannot figure out a use for having all of that stuff hanging off my gun Every time you add stuff to your rifle, you add the ability for something to go wrong.
9: That's true.
4: So well, Now,
9: this three-power scope flips off to the side. It's on a kippable mount.
4: Hmm. Huh. So okay. anything,
9: you, know, you can just flip it up and it returns to zero whenever you bring it up.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm not familiar with right. that one. I am incredibly leery about anything. It. it tips off, moves off, flips off.
9: Yeah, I wonder how they do that.
0: Um, I'm not going to comment on that one. I'm just going to tell you, I'm very leery about that. How's that sound? Um, Okay. I like it to be basically welded on, silver-soldered on. Not really. But, you know, things that go on and off of a Picatinny rail usually go back to zero, and they're pretty good. Things that start having hinges, I get a little bit more leery about. And this one may work great. I don't know. But um, it's like the see-through mounts on the old hunting rifles, uh, mm. worst idea ever, awful, terrible. It didn't do anything well. It's like, this does everything. Yeah, it doesn't do, doesn't do anything well. Um, I was with Tiger McKee two weeks ago shooting ARs, he's a top instructor. And I was looking at the iron sights he had on his AR. He's got an optic, um, and he doesn't even have the flip down. He says, oh, I don't want anything that flips down. He says, you're not going to have time to flip it up. If you're in the middle of a fight, he said, I want it to be up and on and I don't want to have to adjust anything or flip anything up or push a button or adjust anything or swing anything over if I'm because that's what this is. This is a fighting gun. If I'm in the middle of a fight, I want to if something goes wrong, I want to be able to switch to my iron sights instantly and not have to flip them up or anything. I thought, you know, there's a lot of smart right
9: there. Have so many pros and cons to everything. That's why I'm calling because I needed more information.
0: Well, the, the you know the solution to all this is to buy everything.
9: <laughs> no, I can't afford that. <laughs> I, 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 I spent enough in the last year. Boy, we got on a buying binge here. But I got another couple of questions if you have time. I
0: got I got time for one more quick.
9: Okay, uh, the ammo shortage thing. I found out from a local big box here that what was happening about the time they'd get a pallet load of ammo in, some guy would show up in a few hours and buy the whole pallet load.
4: Oh well, sure,
0: that's exactly. And, what's and going they on. found
9: out, and now this big box in fact, there's two of them here in town, and they've put a limit on how much you can buy at one time and put a stop to that.
0: Yeah, a lot of stores. In fact, I was in a place yesterday. They said limit two boxes per customer because yeah, you get a shipment in, and some guy'd come in and buy five thousand or ten thousand rounds of two, two, three, or nine millimeter.
9: Yeah, this guy was buying the whole pallet, sixty-five thousand dollars worth, and
0: reselling, marking it up thirty percent, reselling it on eBay. Oh, I'll be darned. Okay, well, sure. You got uh, entrepreneurs like that, or gougers, or you know, whatever you want to call them.
4: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I'm not surprised. And you know, you just you got to work at finding ammo now. It's not not easy. Yeah. But there you go. Listen, I appreciate the call, sir. I do. Let's see. Let's get Larry on here, line four, real fast. Hey, Larry, how you doing?
9: great. Doing- Good, thank you, sir. I appreciate you letting me. You bet, Uh, Mr. Gresham. I've got a question about a rumor that I heard here a few weeks ago that George Soros had bought uh, manufacturing uh, ammunition manufacturing. Uh, company and moved it out
4: of the country. Have ah. you heard any such thing?
0: Yeah, I hear that all the time. George Soros, of course, is the international financier, super liberal, moveon.org, all sorts of ultra uber leftist groups. He's the the money behind a lot of the gun control groups. This one is not true, as best I can figure out. He hasn't bought an ammo company. He doesn't have to. Uh, they're work. They're working on it from other ways. But yeah, I'm very familiar with you know. George Soros, who he is, what he does. But this one, I wouldn't worry about. Besides, nothing you could do about it. If he wants to buy an ammo company and move it out, that's great. We'll just build another one here and keep selling ammo, making ammo and selling it, because we know that uh, that's not difficult to sell ammo these days. The difficult part is finding ammo that you need. When you find it, buy it, all of it, as much as they'll sell you. 866-TALK-GUNS.
1: gresham's gun talk in support of homeland security's new definition of a terrorist presents this trap a terrorist tip tip number four terrorists often communicate with cell phones plus most cell phones have a built-in camera that makes them a double threat if they appear to be writing down information on a notepad while talking it's almost certain they're up to no good if you see someone talking on a cell phone notify homeland security immediately don't take chances
0: All right, welcome back to Gun Talk, 866-TALK-GUNS. We're open lines. If there's a gun you want to talk about, you're thinking about buying a gun, you're trying to figure out which one to get, maybe it's your first gun. Maybe you decided that you're going to buy a, a gun for self-defense and you don't know much about it. We'll, we'll help you with the process. It's not for everybody, but we can certainly help you out. I think we can take care of that for you. Again, our number is 866-TALK-GUNS. 866-TALK-GUNS. Uh, let's see. Uh, line 2, Larry's with us. Hey, Larry, how you doing today?
7: I'm good today. How are you today, Tom?
0: Mm-hmm.
7: Hey, I wanted to give your, you and your listeners a little update regarding this issue of the uh, destruction of military small arms brass. Mm-hmm. I, have, I found out through some research of mine. I, I'm a retired uh, ordnance officer in the Army. And I have some connections with Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I did a little research to, based on uh, some information I got from a friend of mine who actually sells or deals in brass. And he was telling me that he's, you know, has not seen any uh, auctions or uh, whatever for brass out of Fort Campbell or Fort Knox, Kentucky in recent years. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I do a little, I've got some contacts at Fort Campbell and I want to do a little research. Well, anyway, after doing research, I found out, I, do found, I did find out that they are, in fact, Destroying the brass It's Fort hmm. Campbell, they are they are rendering it unusable for anything other than scrap. And after talking to, it's done by DoD personnel on base. You uh, see that, that
0: that order was supposed to have been re, been rescinded.
7: Yeah, well, see that that's that's the sixty-four dollar question here. What what's the deal? Uh, I asked them. I actually talked to someone in the uh, area that does that, and they told me that they their excuse was it's an Army regulation. I said, well, of course. I said, I don't believe it is. Uh, and anyway, uh, I also I, I, said, I highly suspect the same thing is going on at Fort Knox, Kentucky. What I, what I have done at this point, Tom, is this is this has been about six or seven weeks ago. I found this out. Mm-hmm. I did contact Senator Mitch McConnell's office, who is the you know Republican leader in the Senate. His office to, to see if they could find out you know why why are they destroying the brass and under what circumstances, you know what what is their justification right. for it. Uh, unfortunately, as of this time, the Army or the, uh, Department of Defense has not responded to the request for information. I you know, keep contacting them back and forth about every couple of weeks, and they still have not received a response. But I do know for a fact that it is being destroyed at Fort Campbell, and apparently at, at, at other bases in the United States as well. So hmm. the issue has not really been resolved. Apparently, the only thing I can figure is it is it, left up to the bases to make their own policy on right. that. And right. and so some of them have decided to, to destroy it. Huh. So, so we're losing.
0: Yeah, we're losing access to reloadable right. brass.
7: Exactly, and and, and which the, is going
0: the, to contribute to the ammo shortage.
7: Exactly, and I made a point in in my uh, official request to Senator McConnell's office that you know the, the the government is losing tens of thousands of dollars a year by not selling this brass as you know usable. Right. And how could they possibly justify that, particularly in the, in the era of huge deficits. <laughs>
0: right, exactly. We have.
7: And so I, I don't know. Like I say, i tell you what I will do is if, if, if at such time I get a response uh, from the center's office as to what they say or what their excuse they have for doing this, I will be glad to call back in and let you know. Yeah,
0: if you would, keep us posted on anything you find out, okay?
7: Well, and I thought you'd be interested to know that.
0: Absolutely. I sure appreciate that. And like I say, uh, let us know what you find out. This is this is important stuff. So we'll keep track of that. Thank you, sir. Yeah, what we're talking about is uh, the military was selling its reloadable brass so we could reload it, and uh, ammo companies could, and then put it out on the market. If they just destroy it, number one, they're not going to get much money for it for the government. And number two, we don't have that brass to be able to reload it and make fresh ammunition. It's a lose-lose situation for all of us. Hmm. Government operation. Who'd have thunk that? 866-TALK-GUNS. This is Gun Talk.